Come on, let's love him all across this house. Somebody worship him. We just want to be in your presence, God. Every time we come in this house, we have come to worship you. We've come to give you praise. We've come to give you worship. You alone are worthy, God. Come on. For just a few more moments, somebody love him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, we magnify you. It feels good in the house of God here. Somebody just lift him up. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, somebody love him all across this building. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In this wonderful atmosphere of, of faith, uh, Brother Deathridge, you have that. We're going to pray for uh, his children, uh, Elder Johnson, amen, Brother Diaz, Elder Bubba, if you can help me come pray. Amen. We're going to do this the Bible way. Uh, doctors have said they've got uh, some thing that is specific to children, and uh, we're going to pray that God would heal them, amen, that they would no longer be contagious, all those things. We're going to pray that God would heal, and uh, we're going to believe together that when this cloth touches those children, come on, somebody, that God's going to completely deliver in Jesus' name. God, we're praying right now. Come on, church, let's pray together. Lord, we're praying right now, God, that you would touch this. God, that you would anoint this. You did it, God. They took cloths from Paul, and God, that brought healing and we're asking right now, Lord, that you would touch little, little Carson, touch Sister Alyssa, Lord. We're praying, God, that you touch little baby Memphis. God, that you bring healing. You're the king of healing. You said that with your stripes, we are healed. And we proclaim it, God, that sickness would flee. God, we rebuke this disease in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody magnify him. Somebody magnify Jesus. Hallelujah. How many knows God's a healer? How many knows God's a healer? Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we praise you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Brother Deathridge leaned over to me as service was, was kicking off. And he said that he got a, a hysterical call from Brother Drew Morton. He preached here a couple months ago. On Thursday that his father was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and uh, the very thing that his mother had died from just a little bit ago and uh, they prayed and by Saturday he got an email from the doctor saying it's gone don't worry about it I want to tell you God's a healer Come on, how many knows that God is the only healer hallelujah what the doctors can't explain God's a healer. Hallelujah. What no one can comprehend, God's a healer. God's a way maker. Oh, I wish somebody would shout like you just got a report back that said God came through for you. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Tell you what, it is exciting. Amen. Brother Machado, you got that pen ready? I've been meaning to do this for a few weeks, but we're going to take that up 10 grand. So if you could take it from about 175. I want to say thank you to all those for your faithful con contributions. I'm telling you, we, we are making ourselves ready for the miracle. Amen. We're at a one, about $185,000 that we have saved towards our future facility. Hallelujah. Some, some people think faith just believes. I want to tell you what faith does. Faith prepares. We got to make room for miracles and say, God, we're going to put our money where our mouth is. If we say we believe God, we're going to put our pocketbook into it as well. Somebody shout hallelujah. And that's exactly what we've been doing for the last few years. Hallelujah. And uh, it is exciting. And we're just getting ourselves ready. So when the day opens, when that perfect property opens, God's going to just do it. Amen. My, my home church, I tell you, we prayed for years. And we started getting discouraged. But when we actually tried to swamp church with a Baptist church one time. Because they had seven acres right down the road from us. And right before signing the papers, guess what happened? A beloved arson came by and burned their church. And we figured, well, that must not be the will of God. Then we tried to, we tried to buy a Harley-Davidson building because we thought we were uh, rocking and rolling for Jesus. And, but it was in the middle of nowhere. And, and then when God opened up the building that we were to get into, it was right on the interstate, several million cars a day passing it at a fraction of the cost because it sat empty for so long. I'm just excited for some of these empty buildings. I'm just waiting for the owners to get desperate. And you know what's funny? If that owner would have just put a little money into it, if he would have just waited about one and a half years, his property value would have gone up $3 million. I'm going to tell you, when God blesses, God really blesses. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise in faith. Hallelujah. We're going to turn open in our Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 16. At this time, we'd like to dismiss all of our Sunday school students. They would have gotten mad at me if I would have forgot that part. God bless all of our teachers. Hallelujah. Amen. As you're turning your Bible, 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse number 16. The Bible says, and he answered, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. The Bible said that he, he prayed to God that the Lord would open up the eyes of his servant that he would see. And the young man saw for the first time. He had spiritual sight for the first time. And that the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. 
God is the majority. God is the majority. Would you set down your Bibles and lift up your voices as we pray? Hallelujah. God, we know that you have come into this building to speak to us here today. And we are trusting and believing, God, that you have a word for us. Pray, Lord, anoint my mouth that I would preach your word, God, just the way that you gave it to me, God, and anoint our ears and our hearts to receive the word of God here. Amen. This afternoon, that it would be a blessing and an encouragement to everyone in this house. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell him God bless you. And you can be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. God is the majority. The text that we are reading here today opens up with an assassination plot against the king. For those that don't know how interesting the Bible is, I like that bread program we're going to be doing. You're going you're gonna to get every kind of novel you can think of. There's even plots to assassinate, but don't worry, because it doesn't end that way. They try to assassinate the king, and they understand that by removing the king of Israel by removing the leader from power that we will be able to decapitate the entire nation. It has been a tactic that has been used through history that every president has been under the threat of assassination. They even did it to some of our presidents, Abraham Lincoln being one of them, John F. Kennedy being another. And the intent is that the entire nation will not know how to lead themselves and they will forfeit in any battle. Amen. And, and this tactic is not just a physical tactic. It makes sense, but it's also a very spiritual tactic of the enemy to go after those that are leaders. Can I help some leaders in the house of God here today? Uh, and give you a little encouragement that you've got an X, a little target on your back. Because the devil knows that if I can take out the leader, other things and other people are going to crumble. But I got good news for somebody. There might be a target on your back, uh, but there's a God that got your back. I wish somebody would praise him here this afternoon. Hallelujah. And there is an understanding if we can take out the leader or the leaders that we will be able to finish this battle shortly and to win. And, and the king of Syria's got an idea. We're going to do this. And so he sets up the plot. And, and we're, going to, we're going to wait and, and we're going to hide and we're going to ambush the king. But the king of Israel had a secret weapon that even he did not know was working for him. It was so secret, it was secret to him. The prophet, the man of God, Elisha, came before the king, sent his servant before the king, and warned him several times not to go to certain locations. And, and, and the reason behind this is he said, because they're going to assassinate you. They're going to kill you. But the prophet told him, don't go. And can I tell you what he did? He obeyed the voice of the prophet. And it was this obedience that spared his life. Can I help somebody here today as we are opening up this message that a little act of obedience can go a long way. 
Hallelujah. A little act of saying, God, I'm just going to listen to your word. I'm going to listen to your voice. Amen. It can be the difference in your family between life and death. There's going to be times where you don't understand it. Well, God, I want to go there. I want to do this. But God will send you a prophet. God will send you a word. And God says, no, 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 no. Don't live that way. Don't go that way. And God is ultimately sparing your life. Oh, somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. It is there that he obeys and, 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 and the plot that was fixed against him, every plot is stopped by the hand of God. It got so bad that the king of Syria began to think, what is going on? He started doing inquisitions. He started lining up all of his men. He was trying to figure out which one of you is the spy among us. I want to know which one of you keeps ratting us out and letting all of Israel know the plans that we have for them and which one of you is telling them how they can escape uh, the very plans that we have for them. And finally, one of them piped up, uh, probably under fear of being killed uh, and being murdered as if he was the one. Uh, and he, uh, he simply said, no, 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 oh, king, uh, I heard some news. I heard a rumor. Uh, I want you to know that nobody in our camp is a spy. Uh, there's nothing wrong with our attack. Our attack is perfect. Uh, there's nothing wrong with our plan. We set it up so well that it would have gone off without any problems. Uh, but there is a secret weapon in the arsenal of Israel. The king's got something, amen, that we can't comprehend because we're not children of God. He said, we don't have anybody that's a spy in our camp. It's not what's wrong with our camp that's the problem. It's what's right with their camp that's the problem. They've got a prophet by the name of Elisha, and every time we want to attack, he comes by with a word from God and warns them that we're coming. And tells them to stay away. Can I tell somebody here today, you might have thought you just walked into church. And often we think it's just another service. But God is giving you divine instructions. God is giving us words that will defend our family, that will defend our church, that will defend our lives, and the enemy knows it. The enemy knows I got to get rid of the prophet. I got to get rid of a word from God, but it's your defense. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify him this afternoon. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody pray. You came into church today, and God's got a word that's going to defend you. God's got a word that's going to help you, and the enemy does not like it. Amen. They said there is a prophet in Israel. And often the difference between life and death inside of Israel was whether or not there was a prophet. There will be, well, we could, but there's a prophet. We would, but there's a prophet. Uh, Naaman's sick, but there is a prophet. Uh, there's all sorts of things going on, but there is a prophet. The king of Syria 
figured out that we've, we've done all the inquisitions we can do. We've brutalized our own people to try to figure out who the spy is. And the, the consensus is that there is no spy in our camp, but there's a prophet in their camp. And the king of Syria said, I don't care what we have to do. Spare no expense. I, 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 I put my target on the back of the king and on the back of the leader, but now I'm going to put my target on the prophet. And so he sends horses. He sends chariots. He sends a legion of soldiers, all to retrieve one prophet, all to retrieve one man. you got to think to yourself, I wouldn't need a legion if I was going after one man. I wouldn't need an army if I was going after one man. But they understood that this man is not an ordinary man. He's a man that's sent by God. He, oh, hallelujah. There's something about this. When God's got your back, you don't have to fear. You don't have to worry. They can send all the armies against you. But when you're a man or woman of God, when you're a child of God, hallelujah. You better believe, well, well, preacher, why am I going through such hell? I'll tell you why. Because the devil understands I can't take you out with just one devil. I can't take you out with just one trial. Why does it seem like everything's coming against me? I'll tell you why. Because you've got to walk with God. You got a prayer life, and the devil knows if you can hear from God, I can't defeat you. If you can get a word from God, I don't have a chance. I got to send everything I can against you. Somebody magnify him and give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. It's there that they surround the city. They, 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 they said there's a spy in our camp, and they send out spies to find out where Elisha is, and they say, Behold, the man of God is in Dothan. He's in a city, and he's just, he's not hiding. He's not afraid of you. He's just hanging out in the city. And so they send all their chariots, all their horses. Amen. They send all their soldiers and legions, and they, they don't care if they bring that man of God back dead or alive. It doesn't matter to them. They've got one task. We're going after this man of God. We're going after this child of God. And so they, they show up. And they, they surround the city as is a tactic uh, of many different armies. It's to surround until the entire city gets hungry and starved. And they will, they will no longer defend anybody. They will no longer fight for anybody. They'll finally get so hungry. Amen. And they'll get so tired. They'll just say, fine. Uh, you want this individual? You can take him. Uh, you can have him. Uh, I want to tell some folks, uh, the devil might be trying to starve you out. Uh, but it's not time to take your walk with God and throw it out to the devil. Uh, he might be trying to starve you out but it's not time to take your prayer life it ain't time to take your bible reading life and say fine if that's what you want i'll make a deal with you leave me alone let me i want to tell you it's not time to let go of those things it's time to keep them a little closer it's time to fight for them it's time to defend them they're trying everything they can to try to starve the people of dothan so they'll let go of the man of god they refuse and finally the servant comes to the prophet and he's worried and he's stressed out and everything's looking so bad he's he's not understanding what's going on and he comes to the prophet he says prophet do you not understand that that we are surrounded on every side our entire city is now getting hungry we're now running out of bread we're running out of water i don't know what's going to happen and, and he begins to look around he says they, they sent an entire legion for one man and there's times in life where we will feel surrounded. There are times where it seems like on every side there's trouble. It seems like we are outnumbered. 
We are outmatched and we are outgunned. Amen. The psalmist would put it this way. He said, for innumerable evils have compassed me about. My iniquities have taken a hold upon me. So I'm not even able to look up. They are more in number than the hairs of my head. And my heart is beginning to fail me. I want to tell you that when you walk through this thing called life, there will be troubles that are so innumerable. Evils that will compass about you. Amen. Our own failures and mistakes will seem like they are more than we can even count, more than even the hairs on our head. And it will cause us to get worried. It will cause us to get stressed out. It will cause us to have anxiety and panic attacks because we think to ourselves we're surrounded on every side and we don't know what we're going to do. But I've got news for you. You need God to open up your eyes. You're not surrounded by evil. You're surrounded by good. You're not surrounded surrounded by devils. You're surrounded by God. You're not outnumbered by troubles. You're outnumbered by the God that brings about victory in trouble. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify him for just a moment. Come on, I came to preach to somebody here today that feels like you are surrounded and you are outnumbered and you are outmatched. I've come to let you know God's come to open up your eyes that you might see that there are more that are for us than those that are against us. We have a majority in Jesus. We have a majority in Jesus. Somebody magnify him. Deuteronomy tells us when thou goest to battle against thine enemies and see horses and chariots and people that are more than you, be not afraid of them. I'll tell you why we can't be afraid. For the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. I want to tell you that often we find ourselves in times where in the natural we are outnumbered. And in life it seems like we are compassed and we are surrounded. Amen. And I want to tell somebody some good news. That's often God's plan. God allows us to go through moments where we are outnumbered. God allows us to go through times where the impossibilities stack up against us and life stacks up against us and bills stack up against us and the whole world seems to stack up against us. Amen. But God's got a plan. Amen. I'm going to open up your eyes and you won't see in the natural. You won't see in the factual. You won't see in the logical. You'll start seeing the spiritual. Somebody lift up your hands and magnify him. Come on, don't be afraid when all those things come past you, Israel, because I'm giving you an opportunity to see things from another angle. Come on, somebody pray. I'm giving you a chance to see things from a spiritual condition, not from a carnal mindset. I'm giving you a chance to look through different eyes. It is there that the man of God says, Lord, open up the eyes of this young servant. And the young servant, for the first time, in his anxious, panicked state, begins to look around. And for the first time, he's not seeing the chariots of man. He's not seeing the natural. He's finally, for the first time in his life, seeing things the way that the man of God saw things. We're not surrounded by evil. We're surrounded by good. We're not surrounded and outnumbered by those that want to destroy us. But we are surrounded by a God that loves us and a God that wants to help. Hallelujah. The prophet had an invisible army. 
that finally the servant was able to see. And God will often allow us to get in situations of impossibility, and it is by design because God wants us to realize that your defense does not come from you. Most famous story of this would be in the book of Judges. There's a man by the name of Gideon, a mighty man of valor. And the Bible says that he starts off with several thousand soldiers. And God begins to whittle them down one by one. No, we can't just go into this by our numbers because Gideon would think, well, we could probably win if we if we were to, each man were to take out three or four or five. And, and maybe if God be with us, we can just kind of exponentially win this and he starts doing the math and the calculations of how he's going to defeat this. He starts numbering the people. Can I tell you here today, the number one thing that David got in trouble with was not when he, not when he cheated on his wife. No, that wasn't the number one thing he got in trouble with. It wasn't when he murdered somebody. No, the number one thing David got in trouble with is when he started numbering the people to see if he was able to be strong enough by himself. Can I preach to the church? It ain't time to take counts and numbers of whether you're strong enough by yourself. It's not your might or our power, but it's his spirit. It's his power. It's his might. Oh, I wish somebody would shout here this afternoon. I want to tell you, we're not strong enough by ourselves. There's not enough numbers, not enough armies, not enough money. But we do have something that's the majority. And his name is Jesus. And it's enough. Oh, somebody magnify him. Hallelujah. It's more than enough than we need. He whittles Gideon's army down to 300. 300 with nothing more than trumpets, lamps, and lights. Amen. Vessels that there are lights on the inside. That's all you need is just a few people. Amen. That got some praise in their heart. All you need is some broken vessels. And all you need is a few folks that will let the light of God shine out of the I'll tell you what God can do with a church that's got a praise on their lip. Amen. A brokenness in their spirit. Hallelujah. And a witness in their heart. Amen. He can bring about a victory that destroys all the Midianites. It doesn't matter what's going on. God whittles it down until Gideon realizes we didn't need all that in the first place. All we needed was God. And God was more than sufficient. 2 Samuel chapter 23 refers to several of David's mighty men. Amen. And multiple times you will see what makes them mighty is the fact that they are surrounded and they are outnumbered and they are seemingly outmatched. Adino was surrounded by 800 enemy soldiers and he slew them all by himself. Eliezer was surrounded by Philistines, but he fought his way through every last one of them until the Bible says that his hand claved to his own sword. He was not about to give up and they'd have to pry his sword from his dead, cold body. But he kept on fighting and God brought a victory. When everybody else in the army of God fled because the Philistines 
Babylonians were coming, uh, the Bible says that Shammah stood in a bean patch, a lentil patch, uh, and he defended uh, the outnumbering army uh, all by himself seemingly. Uh, three men uh, broke through the garrison uh, just to get David a cup of water from Bethlehem. Uh, Abishai lifted up his spear against 300 soldiers uh, all by himself. Uh, what am I preaching here today? Uh, with God, uh, you are the majority. Uh, with God, you are strong enough. Uh, with God, you have power. Somebody lift up your voice. Let's stand all across the building. Lift up your hands and magnify him. I came to encourage you uh, that God is always uh, the outnumbering army. Uh, God is always uh, the majority. Uh, God is never lost. Uh, God will never fail. Uh, and God will never stop uh, until he wins. Somebody lift up your hands. Come on, magnify him for just a few moments. Come on, let's pray. I came to help those. Well, preacher, I'm surrounded. Pastor, I'm outnumbered. I don't have the strength by myself. You're right, but God's always the majority. Asa was outnumbered. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether it be with many or with them that have no power, another translation would say, are with them that are outnumbered. Help thou us, O Lord God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against the multitude. O Lord, thou art God. Let no man prevail against you. When you are fighting spiritually, it's not your battle. It's not my battle. The battle is the Lord's, and God's never lost. It ain't a whole lot for God to defeat what you're facing. It's not a struggle. It's not a trouble. It's not hard. God can do it whether you're outnumbered or not, whether you got more money than you got money or not, whether you got more doctor's bills and sickness than you got enough money for the prescriptions. I want to tell you, God is able. Well, Pastor. I'm just facing a lot of devils. God is always the majority. Jesus shows up, wild man of Gadara, with a legion of devils. Got 10,000 devils on the inside of him just swirling around. That's a lot of personalities. Starting to sound like some people in California. And Jesus doesn't go, well, I'll be right back. Let me go get a few people. I need some prayer warriors. He looks at that, he looks at whole legion and says, what's your name? Legion, for we are many. He says, all right, first off, get out of the man. And they go down to a swine, a herd of swine, and they drown in the water. Because God's the majority. He doesn't need anybody to help him. Well, pastor... I'm concerned about whether I'm going to be able to provide for all of this. There was 5,000 in the wilderness, and they didn't have any food. But a little boy gave Jesus just a couple fish and loaves. 
And he didn't need all of the buffet. He didn't need uh, he didn't need the gold nugget to serve all these people. Uh, I'll tell you what he did. Uh, he multiplied it uh, and brought provision. Uh, and there was 12 baskets uh, left over. Uh, can I tell you that God is enough uh, to provide all your needs uh, according to his riches uh, in in Christ Jesus. I wish somebody would get a shout in their spirit. Oh, I wish somebody would dance for just a moment. I wish somebody would shout. God is the majority. God is the majority who can have faith and trust that he's enough. I just got a couple verses for some folks. What is your response when you are surrounded and outnumbered? David would write it this way in Psalm 68 and 1. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. I'll tell you what your response is. You take a seat and you let God stand up out of his seat. And when he stands up, all the enemies round about, they begin to scatter because they know God's the majority. We don't have the power. We don't have the strength. We don't have the might. When God stands up, we got to run. I wish somebody would shout. I wish somebody would dance. Your God is more. Your God is enough. Your God is the majority. You might be surrounded. You might have trouble. But God's enough. I want to open up this altar. Why don't we make our way down to the front? Lift up our hands and say, Lord, let God arise. Let God arise. And when God stands up, enemies flee. When God arises, my enemies run. When God arises, we got victory. As you make your way to this front, we're going to give God some worship. But there might be some folks that have spent all week numbering. There's some calculus students in the church here today. There's some accountants in the church here today that are calculating and that they're numbering everything to find out whether they are the majority or not. You might as well quit doing that. I want to tell you, somebody put it this way, that with God, we are the majority. I want to change that in your mind here today. God don't even need you or I. God doesn't even need you or me. I'll tell you why. Because God is the majority all by himself. He is God all by himself. He is the Lord strong and mighty, mighty in battle all by himself. We're going to shout, but in your mind, I want somebody to take their numbers, their calculations, and throw them on the ground. And when
when you begin to stomp, when you begin to dance, I want you to dance all over the impossibilities. Dance over the numbers that say we can't. Dance over what you calculated in your brain and said, I'm not able and understand that with God, all things are possible. That God is my majority. God is my majority. God is more than enough. God is more than sufficient. God is more. He's everything I need. I wish somebody would dance over everything you're facing. Dance over everything you're surrounded by. Dance over everything you're outnumbered by. God is more.
if you believe that, that no matter what, he is victorious. No matter what, he's strong enough. No matter what, he's victorious. No matter what, God is the majority in my life. this building magnify him come on I'm gonna we're gonna pray for just a few more moments but I'm gonna pray what the prophet prayed over his servant I'm gonna pray that God would open up our eyes that when we open up it's not in the logical the factual or the natural but that each and every person would begin to see through spiritual eyes that you would look at everything that surrounds you and understand there's a God surrounding what surrounds you there's a God that outnumbers what outnumbers you overpowers what overpowers you I pray right now by the authority of the name of Jesus that when we leave this building today we would see through spiritual eyes we would see through spiritual eyes that Lord you are everything we need and more you are the majority you are victorious you are defending you are fighting God you are my shield you are my strength you are my light you are my salvation you are my strong tower you are my way maker you are my come on you're my everything Hallelujah. Let's love them all across the building. Somebody clap your hands. Somebody do a little dance for just a moment. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. Come on. Shout with a voice of victory. Well, preacher, I haven't won yet. I'm shouting in advance. I'm dancing in advance. I'm clapping in advance. 
because my God surrounds me. My God surrounds me. He outnumbers. He overpowers. Somebody shout and give him praise. Somebody shout hallelujah. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to come into your house. I pray for each and every individual that's here, for every guest, every visitor, and every saint, Lord. We're praying that you would open up our eyes to see how you are working in our life and open up our faith that we would realize that you are always the majority. When we feel surrounded and outnumbered and outpowered, God, that you are the one surrounding us. You are the one outnumbering everything, and you are overpowering everything. God, you are in control. Somebody said hallelujah. Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell him God bless you. In Jesus' name.